This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode with T-Dog, Daddy Tay, episode three. We're going to stop having to say episode three of this iteration, but another episode of From the Battlefield to the Boardroom to the Bedroom and Daddy Tay. Yes. Baby Tay? No. Tay-Rex. I like it. Okay, perfect. With Tay-Rex back to give some perspectives on life, relationships, and... Dual entrepreneurship. Perspective, not advice. I'm excited to have you here again. Here I am. So, crap. Oh, I forgot that. All right. So, I want to start this episode off a little bit different. Let's start it. No, no we started it. No, I'm talking about we're still on the episode. <laughs> okay. Not restart. Okay. But there's a little bit that I want to call out at the beginning. And I think this could be a fun piece to add. And with the original tactical leader podcast i broke it down into three sections and we might break this down Ooh, that'd be a really good way to do it so i'm going to do it this episode but then it's going to become our wednesday episode i think so remember last time we broke it back down into the tactical way of we recorded two different episodes yes right so the questions are going to be mm-hmm. friday's episode that's coming out this friday yep oh, this yeah. is the meat and potatoes episode on monday uh-huh. wednesday used to be a solo cast I think Wednesday moving forward should be a an episode about feedback from our audience. Ooh, love that. So do you want to get feedback from our audience in, in this episode and go ahead and knock that out? Or do you want to wait and we'll record it for a Wednesday, Wednesday episode? No, I want feedback questions. I want to be able to... Right. But so the Monday episode, what I'm thinking, will be us chatting through a topic of what we're doing. Got it. Wednesday will be audience feedback. Okay. Friday will be the relationship tactics, like the questions. Okay. Here's what you can work on for the weekend, for date night, tonight, whatever it may be. And it'll release kind of like I've been releasing the tactical leader for years, three episodes a week, broken down segments like that. So we can create an expectation. Monday's a meat and potato episode, uh, longer form. Wednesday is going to be like audience questions, feedback, things we've gotten since the last episode went live. That'll be a Wednesday episode, shorter, 15, 20, 30 minutes, right? And then Friday will be us going over the tactics for the weekend for couples to digest. What do you think? I like it. This is why you are... The tactical leader. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like the beautiful one. Yeah. Oh, crap. Who's fun. Capital F-U-N. Capital F-U-N. I forgot to put you back on camera. There you are. Fine. What do you think about that? Yes. Okay. So then let's hold off on feedback. Okay. We'll yes. come back this Wednesday. So I know, I know. It's so good. I'm just going to say it's from Brian Bogert. And it's freaking, I laughed so hard. But you'll have to come back this Wednesday to hear what Brian texted me right as we started. Wow, recording. Brian. I'm going to start calling you Ryan because you didn't text me about it. I mean, I'm already Brian Reynolds. So okay. to pause that part of it for a minute, give a quick shout out to our Armenian French Canadian. 
Yes. He sent me a package. Christopher Dedan sent me a package of maple syrup. <laughs> Real maple Real syrup. Real pure. Pure maple syrup. Show the crowd. Straight out of Canada. Do we want to actually show the can? It's posted on our social media. Oh, that's true. And then a bottle of Armenian brandy. An unbiased best brandy in the world. And he exported some. I don't know if he's allowed to send that across country lines. It did the, the return address was New York. So there you go. He probably did something legal. But huge shout out to Chris. He's a saint. This thing is delicious. It's so good. I like, think there's maple syrup in it. Yeah. I want to go to Canada now. I'm going there next week. What? Well, by the time this airs, it'll be next week. Oh, oh my God. Okay. The 19th of September. Okay. Yep. Got it. Yep. I got you. Okay. So big shout out to Chris. This brandy's delicious. I don't know that I've ever had brandy before. I feel like I have. I might have, but I don't sure remember, but this is really freaking good. Yeah, I like, I love this. Yes, it's delicious. Okay, so Wednesday, viewer feedback, audience feedback. Friday, tactical with our things to work on for the weekend, our tactics for the weekend. So last recording, last week, mm -hmm. you wrote down a list of topics you wanted to dissect, and we did not get through all your topics. I don't think I have. Some ideas. I got Just some. some. You, have, you have that sheet? Nice. Yeah. Okay, so... Hit us with an idea, a topic to digest today, because you're really mad that we didn't get through it. After an hour and a half of recording, we didn't get through all your topics. It was, just, it was gold. <laughs> I mean... And now it's silver because it's a week later? No, okay. I just wanted to... And you're like, wait, we're going too long. I'm like, okay, I get it. Yep. I was like, dang. Okay. Eager. Just eager. Eager. So hit me with one of the topics you want to divulge into. God, I'm kind of drawing a blank on like everything we did and didn't hit last time. No, um, we can touch, touch it again. Okay. So some of the things I kind of wrote down based on observation and, and personal experience with us and all the things, and I'll kind of like skim through them so you can tell me if we went over these. So are you influencing your partner with something that I wrote down? Are you being inclusive? I don't think we talked about that. Okay. That's um, actually a really good one to hammer on real quick. Okay. Because I know we got off on a super tangent about several things. And last episode, we really focused on, I kind of went in on a soapbox about what was it, like being there for your partner and the support system and different pieces. And you also talked, it's funny that you brought that up because you talked about being in the hole. Mm -hmm. And I actually talked about that in a meeting That's right. today. That was such a good yeah, rant. I used you as in that conversation. You used me? We finish each other's sentences. Did you guys notice? Sandwiches. <laughs> Name that movie. Oh, Name that movie. Oh my God. Three. It's frozen. It came out two oh, years ago. It's 30. And anyways. This is where having a goddaughter has benefited me because I'm hip on the frozen. Finish each other's sandwiches. Never mind. All right. Keep going. I used our conversation about that specific topic. And it was a great topic in how to help the person that I was meeting with understand the people that you want to work with. Mm. And he was talking about, he has a lot of empathy and it gets him in trouble sometimes. Mm. And I talked about, you know, when I was talking about kind of my piece where I'm a little bit harsher on that and how mm -hmm. your therapy went through, therapist went through it with you. So it's fascinating conversation and helping actually help him realize like you can't people are going to pull you into the hole and it's yeah. like you know the whole thing we talked 
So such a good episode. Such a good episode. But that was a very individualistic in, in piece, right? I went off on a, a riff about it. The topic you just brought up about inclusivity with your partner, I think is a really facet. We did kind of talk about this a little bit, but we were talking about it from couples that we observed and certain halves that didn't show up. We really talked about that a lot. What came to my mind just now, as you brought up inclusivity, is from the other side of it, the person that's in the room. How do you make your partner really feel included in a world they quote unquote don't belong to? Oh, I actually feel like I could answer this even though I'm in the world. Now? Yes. Originally, when we started dating, you weren't. Yeah. So to frame the question a little bit better, to have clarity attached to it for everybody listening, there's a piece of what we talked about last episode about the partner that's not coming to the room, right? They may be at home. They may be busy. They may not just show up there for that moral support, right? That we all crave. Like, I want you to be in the room. And if you're just sitting at home on the sofa, Mm -hmm. you're wrong for not being there to support me. Is essentially what we boiled it down to. Yep. Right? So flip the script. You're sitting at home on the sofa. I have a speaking engagement or an event. Yep. You choose to sit on the sofa and not come to that to support me. Am I being inclusive enough for you to feel welcome? That's the question I want to dive into. That's a great that is a great question and topic because it should relationships are two-sided to, to come together as one. And I feel like we should be able to talk about both perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there are I don't want to point a finger at one side. Because yep. in reality, with the partnership, it is a two-sided demon to tackle this piece. Or angel. Or uh, yeah, demon. Okay. What about you, Angelic? Hang on. Beside you in the mornings, so beautiful. So coming from <laughs> so coming from experience in the beginning phases of where I didn't even have Daddy Tay. So what a year and a half ago? Ish. Not even. Not even really. Yeah. You made me feel you're like, hey, I would love for you to be in this room. I was eager to learn what that meant. So that was, and I know we talked about this a little bit last episode. It was I was excited to support you, but I think you can go off of how you really frame it and ask. You wanted me to be a part of it, one, to support you, but two, because you saw something in me and you were helping me. I don't know if strategically was the right word, but there's always strategy behind everything, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. But you were trying to help me see a bigger world and be more open and see really see the potential that you saw in me. And I realize that a lot more now as I've experienced business and all the things that come with it. So I appreciate that. I took the leap of faith in support of, but also have learned along the way, but it can be framed different in one asking. So from a non-entrepreneur, if you want to bring your partner in saying, Hey, I would love for you to be here with me. I want us to be together. And inviting them. I know we talked about that. That's one avenue and asking them so they feel wanted. That's a really, really, really important piece is like making your person feel wanted and asking them and telling them like, hey, I this is really important to me. I want you to be there with me. Will you come? 
And to what you just mentioned a second ago, if the answer is no, have the empathy to understand why not. But also ask, try to find a level of understanding. Yes. So if I asked you, and I remember it very, very vividly, because this was a great turning point for where you were to where you are today, right? And during this time, you had, what, four jobs, three jobs, and you're making less money Mm -hmm. working three times the amount of hours. Mm -hmm. And there's a piece of it where I saw and heard the frustration, but we were only April into May into June, two months into dating, right? Because it was coming up on my first workshop in July. Yep. So there was also the piece of like, hey, I I think this would be really beneficial because you mentioned in the past, you struggled with operations and I'm heading into an operations workshop I'm leading. I would love for you to be a part of it. Maybe it gives you some insights. But also, even before that, I invited you to a networking event. No, no, it was after that. The first networking event. I remember. Mm-hmm. So do, <laughs> I invite you to a networking event in my world, my space, a world that you weren't really familiar with overall. Like you'd never really been in that world as a whole, right? Mostly as an employee in the past. So now stepping into, you're now enlightened and you actually started your company at this point for that first network. I don't even know if it was even legal at that point, but we already had a name picked out. We were working on logos during this networking event. But before we ever got to that level, we had a conversation when we were heading to the gym one morning. I'm like, hey, I really want to just discuss you coming to this place with me. And I remember talking to you about you're really smart. You have it. Everybody will see it, the it factor. You have it. But this is a place where it would benefit you to show up and learn. Mm-hmm. I identified one person like you will see her walk in. She will own the room. And she has that command presence. It is not only rare in the space, but it's rare for a small statured female mm-hmm. as well. Right. But she will work a freaking room and let you know, like when she shows up, you know, she's there and not in like a terrible way. Like no, it's it's a very impressive thing. Mm-hmm. So I identified her. I'm like, watch what she does. Just watch and learn and then learn how you can apply your it factor into the space. And I think there's a piece and uh, maybe you didn't see it this way. One, I was nervous because like, Oh shit, I'm bringing a new girl into this space. It's a big thing for me at that point, right? Nobody knew me in a personal way whatsoever in that world. So they didn't know about personal lives, personal relationships, divorces happening, all that stuff wasn't a topic of conversation. So for me to just show up with a girl on my arm was a very different piece of my life that they'd not seen before, right? So I there's a level of nervousness, but I also feel like I explained... I hope I provided comfort attached to this is what you can expect, right? I'll be here. I'll be doing this. And I kind of laid out expectation management attached to it. This is what I want you to be intentional about going. Look at this person, watch this, see how this happens. Understand you'll be the youngest in the room by probably 10 or 15 years. Mm -hmm. And you're still most of the time one of the youngest in the room, if not the youngest in the room by quite a bit. I'm hoping that set context enough for you to be comfortable, but I think that's an important piece as the entrepreneur inviting my person to come into this world, right? 
And it, I think it'd be no different than if you invited me, if you were a nine to fiver and you wanted me to come to a holiday party with all your coworkers, I would hope you'd give me clarity attached to what am I walking into? Cause I've never been in corporate. Yeah. So I think there's a level of responsibility that we as entrepreneurs should place around providing context, details, descriptions, clarity for our partner who's not necessarily an entrepreneur, doesn't necessarily network, may be immediately overwhelmed by everything happening, which could be pretty detrimental. Yes. That was a lot. Sorry. But. That's a good, yeah, and I'm trying to gather, but I get what you're saying. And I actually was really appreciative of laying out, here's what you'll see. Here's what to kind of expect, try to apply. And I think a big piece is you gave me context of what can and probably will happen and who you're going to meet. Here's what this person does. This is who I'd love for you to kind of watch or shake hands with and learn, like listen more, which I think we can apply that even now (laughs) a ton. But I think laying that out gives your partner, or at least it did for me, gave your person, gives your person a comfort level because that is really overwhelming and scary. And for your person, not only to do it for you and with you, it is like having a level of courage to go into a really uncomfortable space. It's terrifying. Especially if that's not what they are wanting to do. Like if I wanted to work nine to five, great. That's good. Good Mm -hmm. for me. If that's what I wanted to do, I was obviously in a different transition phase and there was a lot going on in my life and our life, especially being new or, but you provided a level of comfort on this is what you're going to expect rather than it feeling like I was blindsided on top of like, Oh my gosh, I don't know any of these people. There's Mm -hmm. some high level in here and blah, blah, blah. So I was like thankful and grateful. And I think the big piece too is as a partner providing that context and Hey, here's what you're going to expect. Don't expect your partner to like learn off the jump if they do great, but if they are more reserved and they're still showing up for you, like make sure you make it known to appreciate them for that. The fact that they're showing up. I think a big piece of it, I understand your side of what my concern was knowing what, and it was empathy is like the best word for it. This is what I would be worried about going into a situation like that. And we've talked about it a bunch. We're both, I would say high anxiety, but anxiety ridden, especially social anxiety, right? We sensory overload. We, we will dominate a room, but we do have those moments where anxiety hits us and we need a breather. Mm -hmm. Right. One thing that worried me about bringing you into that world or bringing anybody in that world was I knew when I walked in that room, I would be taken away in different directions. Yes. So one of the reasons I never invited anybody to any of that, one, I wasn't really serious with any of them, but two, the context I wanted to put out for you was, hey, I'm probably not going to be by your side the entire time. I'm probably going to talk to a lot of people, make a couple of rounds. I promise I'll circle back to you. I'll make sure you're not left alone. That's a big piece. I'll introduce you to a friendly face you can talk to. Excuse me. Trying to be empathetic toward the partner that's not normally there. And the reality of it is in in that context, I'm a social butterfly, quote unquote. 
You are. Right? I don't necessarily, I, I see the value attached to being that way, working a room, shaking hands with everybody. Doesn't necessarily make me a, a, a social butterfly in my mind, but to the extent of flipping that switch on, right? To go network with everybody, talk to everybody, make my round, which I, I have to do unburdened more or less because at the end of the day, I don't necessarily want to carry a 20 minute conversation introducing you and that da, 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 in an environment like we went to for the networking event. What I was worried about is leaving you alone. I think that's a really good point that a lot of people are afraid of. And I, whether it's your partner or your friend, because I see it all the time and I've been that person. It's been with mm-hmm. family. It's been with another. And I think this kind of, not to, this isn't me throwing a punch. It's like, actually, this is a piece where I can step in and be a strength piece is someone that's new to like your program. And mm-hmm. you're like, Hey, Tay, I've got it. I'm you're the lead in the room, the authority in the room where you're doing a bunch of different stuff. And it's like, okay, well, let me step up and grab this person by the hand and take them with me and introduce them to everybody. I'm okay with that. It's almost as if I'm like your assistant, but like your warm up piece. I think that's a really important piece that people can take advantage of is if you already are involved in a comfortable network, you can actually bring your spouse or partner into a space that is so comfortable for you that you can actually stick by their side. Mm. So your program where you have a few of us that were so comfortable in that room that let's say, you know, I'm going to just use random names here that aren't real. Johnny Joe and Sally. Sue. I was literally thinking Billy Bob in my mind. There you go. We're going to use, you know, random names. I love Johnny how they Jones, all were like Sally Sue. Yeah. JJ But Johnny Joe's involved in your world and he's comfortable with all your people because yep. they're his people too. Now he's been exposed and, learning and growing his business. But Sally Sue is nine to five or whatever she does. She's not an entrepreneur or maybe she is. And she just knew like I was, he can say, Hey, this is a great moment to take advantage of and capitalize on getting her comfortable with my people. So that when we do go into a room where we're exposed to like new people, because that's, you can hand them off. Yes. So or you can leave them and like, I called this the Sounds like a puppet string attached. You do a really good job of it. And obviously I don't need it, but it was not, it's very appreciated. And I think a lot of partners, whatever that partner looks like do the puppet string is where you bring them in, you introduce them, you kind of leave them because you have to, you come back. Hey, you good. Obviously there's a little more conversation and context attached. And then you go out and do your thing. You come back, check in. There's a puppet string. It's kind of the way I've coached like puppet strings, not group fitness. It's like the, the hit and go, a hit and run. Like if you want to make a softball correlation, I'm going to put the ball in play and you're running and I'm going to circle back to you. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't see the puppet string. It's like a yo-yo. Yes. A yo-yo. That's better. A yo-yo. A yo-yo. There you go. Yeah. So you're I've going you out and it. coming back, yep. going out and coming back. Yep. But here's the piece that I think we lose empathy as entrepreneurs. And I do, I do this to you all the time. I've been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we've talked about is I'm so accustomed to doing certain things. I naturally, because I'm more proficient in it, operate at a higher level or a quicker level, not necessarily a higher level, but I'm quicker, more adaptive because I've been doing it for so long. Imagine somebody that has never been in that space, right? We have Billy Bob. It's a nine to fiver, sits behind a computer screen 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Why would he feel comfortable enough? to come into that room, knowing his partner is the social butterfly, 
that's going to float away. And Billy Bob's already uncomfortable in being in a group setting, already uncomfortable not having the safety blanket, not having their partner side by side, right? The inevitability is the social butterfly will float away and go work the room. And maybe, possibly, Billy Bob says no to coming to not be an inhibitor to growth. Ooh, that's a fascinating thought. That's actually, a, this is a toughie because that is such a good point. However, sometimes this is where I go, you got to both try on this one. But we're talking about the perspective of Billy Bob right now, right? So what is the entrepreneur? So Billy Bob, the computer geek that doesn't leave the computer screen for 12 hours, naturally inclined to shut down. So we're talking about what should the entrepreneur do? What should the social butterfly do to ensure Billy Bob feels safe? And Billy Bob wants to come. I'm the social butterfly. Please come to this. I would love your support. I'd love for you to be a part of it. You know, when I get there, I'm going to go talk to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I need to recognize you're not comfortable talking to a lot of people. And you probably don't feel safe and secure if I start having a conversation with my click. Just just for context here, I'm Billy Bob, right? In this situation. Yes, you're Billy Bob. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Wow, all these like code names. I am are, like, so totally Billy missing. Bob. Okay. I love it. You're definitely Billy Bob, Monroe, Georgia. I am not Billy Bob in our actual setting. So it's, that's what's the fun. Right. But initially, my greatest concern was you're not a networker. Mm -hmm. You've never been in networking events in that context. Mm -hmm. I have my clique of people. Mm -hmm. Everybody, I walk in the room, everybody knew me. And this mm -hmm. is two years ago. So imagine how much more, or a year, and, a year and a half ago. And now imagine how much more we've grown since then. So imagine if you were to walk into one of my rooms now when I wasn't hosting networking events. Yeah, I was, yeah. Right? So I wasn't hosting networking events at that point. So imagine the growth I've had over the last year. Imagine you walking into one of my rooms now, being a nine to fiver, and I'm now da -da 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 -da, 100 miles an hour. And because you're on my arm, you will immediately be asked and peppered with questions. You will immediately be part of the conversations. You're already uncomfortable. You're already anxious. You're already don't enjoy that. So imagine the sensory overload and you know, it's going to happen because I'm warning you, Hey, I'm the butterfly over here. I'm the social butterfly. So I'm going to have 90 people come up and want to talk to me, which inherently means if you're sitting next to me, they're going to be polite and talk to you. So maybe because you're not comfortable, you don't want to be an anchor to me. So you just say, no, I don't want to go to that. I do you understand that piece? Yes. Yes. I will say at some point when you're on a team though, and this might be, I don't want to say it's the wrong answer. It's a perspective. You got to take one for the team. Like, yes, one anxiety ridden night, if that's the case and put that back on the entrepreneur, you being the social butterfly and I'm Billy Bob, the quiet computer guy, whatever you want to call me. You're taking one team to stay by my side, knowing that I'm uncomfortable. Hold on. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do some talking tonight. We're both uncomfortable, but we at least tried together and we were there together and knowing, because you created context, that it ain't going to be like this every time, which is why I kind of did the warm up like example. Like that might be mm -hmm. a good strategy, especially like we've seen so many different partners and personalities mm -hmm. where we are, we, I, I feel like. You and I can keep somebody safe. If yes. The, if full confidence. If the computer geek needs to be handed to you, I am I, ready. We're Bring good. on the freaking most, wallflowers. Most entrepreneurs. Don't think in that context. 
They don't think about the battle buddy. I drill it in battle buddy system. You go to a networking event, take somebody with you, right? If you're bringing your partner that's socially awkward or socially anxious, have a battle buddy system in place for them to be safe and feel safe and welcome. If you know another couple where let's say I'm Billy Bob and you're the entrepreneur and you have another guy or gal that's in just like you, little butterfly, and she or he has a spouse that's just like me, let them be. We'll go sit at the bar, but we were there. We showed up for you. Like That's another strategy. There's so many tries that you can make, but I think trying is the key because you know... But don't have an expectation attached to... But that's the thing. I think people do try and it gets discounted, especially after years and years and years. I would imagine there have been plenty of attempts. Maybe not. Maybe not. But if you've been with somebody for years, I would be blown away to say that person's the, the computer geek, the socially anxious person. I would be amazed if somebody could look straight at us and say, yeah, they've never even tried. And it actually be true. They might now see that, but think about the the 10 years you've been together. Do you mean they never tried in that 10 years? Then, okay. Then why are you still together? So now you've discounted that they're not trying Got it. anymore okay. because maybe they've been shut down for the last five years, but in years two, three, and four, they were trying. But now that they have given up, not saying that's the right answer. Oof, this is such a... But maybe they've given up now and you forgot that they used to try, but you never created a safe environment for them to be successful. Or you shut them down in a way when they voice their feelings, they voice their, hey, I'm not comfortable doing that. And you discounted it because you don't understand the process of their mind. So you discounted their social anxiety because you don't have it. You don't understand it. Right. So to me, it boils down to a baseline equation. What? What do you think that would be to bridge this gap here that so many couples are facing? I know. I know so many couples are facing because we hear it all the time. We talked about last time. Oh, it's just not my partner's thing. Yeah. We hear it so much, right? So what's the baseline bridge for that? What would you recommend to bridge that gap? I have a thought, but I'm curious what your thought would be on it. Oh, you know that Zach Galifianakis meme where he's like, has like a hundred different math problems popping out of his head. Rain Man? Actually, it was not Rain Man. Rain Man did that, but they made fun of it. And the hangover. hangover. Yeah, That's what I'm imagining hangover. my brain is yeah. like right now. You're doing math. You're seeing... Not really math. You get the point. Are you hearing You're colors? like, what's your answer? I'm like... Here's what your thoughts are. How do you bridge it? What would your initial... Somebody said, I don't know how to bridge this gap, but I feel like my relationship is struggling because of this friction point. I think that communicating with your partner... I am. It's communication. I was like, am I stupid? No. I was like, am I answering But what's funny, but all right. Oh my God. This is so good. This is so good. All right. So think about. Just like. So hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Think about what just happened right here between us talking. We just communicated? No, no, no. no. I mean. <laughs> you know, I had to say that. <laughs> the communication. I had to funny in there, babe. Yes. Think about truly. Let's analyze what just happened. How much did you overcomplicate the answer? You already knew the answer. Spiraling. No, 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 no. You and everybody listening is like, oh, all you have to do is communicate those feelings. Communicate that's what you need both ways. Yep. It's simple. How complex did everybody just make it? 
as you're sitting here, you know the answer. Yeah. You've convinced yourself, oh, it can't be that easy, that simple of an answer. So you have all these numbers floating around like you're the rain woman. When in reality, it all circles back to a baseline level of communication. All you have to do is talk about it. But so many of us don't want to share those feelings for fear of rejection, for fear of being judged. And that could be from year one to year 20. Because mm-hmm. maybe we've created an environment that's unsafe to communicate it. I think that obviously that's funny that we all just complicated that, including myself, because I made myself the example. I'm really curious. So can I pause you real quick? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm really curious. And this is Feedback Wednesday that we're looking for. How many couples have talked about this? Who listening just complicated that to that degree? I would love to hear how many people were like, oh, I see the Rain Man. Oh my God, I don't know. There are a hundred things running through my mind. And then as soon as we said communication, it's like, oh, that's that's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. And it really is. So I'm curious on that feedback. I would love to hear how many couples have gone through this, have communicated, have not communicated. What did successful communication look like? Who just overcomplicated the hell out of that? Oh, I have a question to add to that. Go. If you did communicate it, reflect on how. You don't have to yell louder you, now that you're talking. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened. If you have to. <laughs> I'm just thinking about me. The audience is not deaf. Yikes. <laughs> you just have to turn your volume down. I'm so sorry. That was um, awesome. <laughs> that was great. Okay. It's been a long day. The Armenian... Randy is taking in days on like right onto the podcast. I'm like, here we go. It's actually really exciting. Anyways, what's your question? Here I am yelling again. If you have communicated that, reflect on how you communicated that. Guilty as charged. The reason I think about that so that question pops in my mind is because I'm constantly reflecting slash reminded. Which is a teaching moment. I know it sounds like shots are fired on that one. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. Slightly past. There's a lot of learning in the last year, guys. Still learning, still growing. Hey, drink, uh, drink the brandy, babe. No, but seriously, if you have communicated that and you felt like when he asked that question, because I know that feeling, oh, I've communicated that already, but how was it received? Did you just dismiss me asking that question? Yes. Oof. So positive perspective. Did you self awareness yes. attached to that communication? Yep. yep. That's going to be a tough one for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are not going to be able to. This is the challenge attached to it. We just ask the questions, go back and answer those questions. Give us feedback for Feedback Wednesday. We have to come up with a better name for that. But also recognize, did you just have that guttural reaction of like, I've tried all of these things. And if you did, how closed off of communication are you now? Right. The challenge here would be if you just felt that, and if you just responded the way you just alluded to, just take a step back. Like, check yourself on that, whether that's ego or pride or frustration, mm-hmm. I think is one of the biggest ones that you and I feel. Mm-hmm. Check yourself on that. Nobody's attacking anybody, nobody's accusing. But if you just felt attacked, like, oh, I've done that already. Mm. How did you do it? Right. And if you're already reactive to that, Where you actually live. You're probably in the wrong. Yeah. I I don't want to point fingers on you're probably in the wrong. Just if you, it's kind of like, and you you point this out too, which has been a learning point for me. I'm like, (laughs) no, this is good stuff. This is like, you know, I'm listening, right? That's the listening piece where you're like, I'm already formulating a response. So 
you just asked a question if, and you just pointed out, if you're already feeling this, it's not like we're attacking you. If you're already feeling this, like you're a human being, it's okay to feel that. However, it's similar to the concept of while I'm asking or saying something, are you listening without formulating a a response? Mm. It's the same listening. Yes. Are you actually actively, active listening, actively listening? Say that 10 times fast. Uh, Not with this brandy in me. Well done, Christopher. It's, it Dave. Good. it's so delicious, but it's a great piece where, and I know people, at least I've heard it. And I don't know if you've heard it, but in, in the space of leadership and communication, all the stuff I've studied, they talk about active listening mm-hmm. and how listening should be however many, 80, 90, whatever percent. But that's like the greatest part and most difficult part of communication. Actually listening, not preforming judgment not reacting, not shutting down. (laughs) I didn't say anything. Don't laugh. And snipe mode. No, I'm not. I don't don't want to (laughs) make this about. I mean, but if it's true. Swords. Yeah. You know. Name that game. Swords? Halo, babe. I'm like the swords champion. Stop it. You're noob. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Hold swords out. You guys know my brain now. Yeah. This is what I deal with. Made me lose my thought. Anyways, I think we got the point across. That's such an amazing topic to chew on. And it is a high level of introspection that you have to, I believe, my opinion, you have to hit this home for yourself, have the introspection, chew on it yourself, come up with a solution, uh, not a solution, come up with a, a level of curiosity within your own mind. If you don't remember, because maybe it has been a couple of years, a great action piece off of that is ask your partner. Hey, baby, you know, when I asked you that time to come with me or whatever that looks like, how did that make you feel? Did you feel like I supported you or you were supported or you were, I was with you or was my response? How did that make you feel? Because in, in, kind of on this slash off this, as we're going through counseling, the gentle startup is something that I've struggled with saying, but it really it's does. It's like a fucking lawnmower. It's no, like you're right shaking that thing. I, <laughs> I literally, that's what just, as you laughed about the gentle startup, but it literally is. just came to my mind, the old school push mower, we had to pull the rope. Yeah. And that's your gentle startup. Yeah. <laughs> And it doesn't work. Yeah. Here we go again. Instead, it's like you're telling them (laughs) how you feel because of, and there, and it opens the door to like have a constructive, really great conversation Mm -hmm. that it might be a hard topic to have a conversation about. But the reality of it is, is like you can grow within that conversation and with each other. And it might open the doors into a whole new world of not only being in, I don't want to say business together, but creating like such a refreshing piece in your relationship that might include business where you can have more space with each other and like share, share the passion for like lift. If I'm Billy Bob and I'm an, I'm nine to five or I'm whatever, I'm the wallflower, whatever that looks like. And you're the entrepreneur that's a butterfly and might create an open door of a like higher level of understanding because you allowed yourself to ask me how I feel or how you made me feel. However, comma, because I've heard this feedback as well, mm-hmm. 
This one's gonna hit. This one's gonna hit hard. Oh, I know what you're about to say. I feel like. Oh, are we gonna finish each other's sandwich? Be ready for. Be ready for your partner to shut down on. You. I don't know if you thought is that what you thought I was gonna say. Partially, there's two. So three, really, if you start down this line of conversation, and your partner doesn't respond, your partner shrugs, your partner clams up. They go into protective mode. They feel real nervous to answer that question. I think a pivot point here is to recognize what type of environment have you created for communication within your relationship? Because uh -huh. if they don't feel safe enough to respond to you about that, there are further things that you should be looking into. Like you ask, hey, why won't you show up to this for me? One, that's the wrong way to ask that. But also, two, if they immediately clam up, first off, think about what you just asked and how you asked it. Mm -hmm. But two, if you're like, if, even if you do general startup, I feel really lonely when you don't show up for me. And it'd really mean a lot for you to come to this event where I'm being featured. It'd mean the world to me if you do that. Would you be open to doing that? No. Well, can you please explain to me why? You don't feel comfortable coming to that world. Mm -hmm. And how can I make that better for you? Mm -hmm. Right. Or how can I make that? How can I get you to agree to come to this? Because it means so much to me. Mm -hmm. Like It's a negotiation at the end of the day, but I was going to say barter. But what do you have to do to incentivize that? To, under, to get the person there to help start bridging the gap of, safe, of safety. Excuse me. Bridge the gap of safety. The gap of safety. So that way, the first instance becomes the second one, becomes the third one, becomes the fourth. Then they're saying it's a process that you have to work them through consistently. And if you fudge up once, you probably lose that opportunity. And you're going to have to rebuild that. No different than trust. You fudge up once, you got to do a lot of work to rebuild that bridge, right? When it comes to something like this, this is also trust. Trust in communication, trust in safety. I see it as a safe environment. Right. Whether that's the communication environment, the networking environment, you're trying to rebuild that trust or maybe not even rebuild, but build that trust with your partner to feel safe. And that at the baseline is what we all want in relationships, safety and security. Mm -hmm. So if your partner's not doing that, are you doing enough to help create that environment as the partner? That's a great thing to reflect on. It's no different than if I'm, this is, all my ladies, y'all can understand this. It's weird because I actually don't understand this as much as most females will, but I'm going to say it. When I call as the female in the relationship, so I call Zach and I'm venting, oh my God, you know, the grocery store, blah, blah, blah. Like this lady did this today and just venting. And men typically, this is facts, guys. Men typically want to problem solve. But the reality of it is, and, and this goes both ways. I'm just using ladies as an example because yes, it it's more likely. Women are just as guilty. Oh my God. I am so guilty of problem solving. I, it's like yep. my middle yep. name. Yep. But if one of the partners is venting, it's no different. I kind of relate what everything we just talked about to the, the listening piece. And then instead of saying your problem solving method, feedback, ask, hey, baby, I just want to make sure. Are you wanting me to like hear you and listen and give feedback or just, just listen? That's was, such a comfortable like thing that you do so well but, for me. But so 
this is such a great tactic and I cannot remember where I heard it, but men, we are problem solvers. I know I just said that. We go into that mode. Well, I have to say it man to man. Okay. Okay. For them to understand. I know you're daddy, yeah, but like I was, man to man. You stole it out of my mouth. Okay. Keep it rolling, babe. Come on. Man to man. We're problem solvers. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, we're more logical thinkers, less emotional state, logical state compared to emotional state. I'm gritting my teeth right now. I know you are, but you're also <laughs> quite an emotional human being. We can go into, especially when we're not the ones venting, we're not in an emotional state. Mm-hmm. So when the partner's venting, they're in an emotional state, we're in a logical state. Yes. Yes. Right. As men, we do that really well of like, okay, tell me your problem. Let me fix it. Yep. Oh uh, yeah. A I little bit it. duct tape and a paper clip. I will MacGyver the shit out of this oh problem God. and fix it for you. Thank you. But it's true. Yeah. That's how men's minds work. Mm-hmm. And we're so good at problem. We're good at it beyond defaulting to that. We're actually really good at problem solving. I'm not saying women or not. I'm not a woman. So I can't speak to that perspective. I understand what you're saying. One thing I introduced to you and it, <laughs> The funny part is you hated it the first couple of times I did it until I explained the context behind what I was asking. So context is very important, which is why I want to harp on this for a second. I asked, how do you want me to show up for you right now? I know. I love it. I'm like, oh my God. But the first time I had said that to you, you were a little bit offended. Like, what do you mean? How do you want You're right here right now. I'm like, hang on. Let me explain. (laughs) (laughs) So you went from emotional to like emotional logical. Like, what are you talking about? So the context around this question that can be so powerful, how do you want me to show up for you right now? Do you want me to help solve this problem? Or do you want me to just sit here and receive what you're saying? And part of receiving what you're saying is also supplying empathetic statements, empathetic, supportive statements. So if you say Betsy, that was the cashier at Publix, was a raging bitch tonight, and she did this and this and this. You know what, baby, right? I remember when I went to that Publix, and I've always had a problem with that. <laughs> Damn Betsy. Damn Betsy. <laughs> That's so true. That is so because true. Because all we want at the core is we want to be validating our feelings. Your feelings could be really wrong, and Betsy could be an angel of a grandma to everybody that goes through Publix. But it caught you in the wrong moment or her in the wrong moment, right? But all you want is the validation of your feelings. Uh-huh. Plain and simple. So if your partner says, I just really want to vent right now, don't problem solve, empathetically support what's happening. Even guys looking right at y'all right now, even if they're being fucking crazy and they're off the deep end. Oh. I love how you're looking at the screen while I'm looking at the camera and you're like, oh yeah, he's talking to me right now. Guys, even if they're crazy and they're in that mood, you know the one, you know the one, she's off the rocker and you're like, Wow. She is being berserk right now. Men think this all the time. Like, wow, what an overreaction. That's where we fail as men. Because we're not being empathetic. We immediately, like, essentially judge our partner. Like, wow, you're really making a mountain out of a molehill, which I've said to you a couple times, and it didn't go over well, right? So to remember, come back to the baseline of, how do you want me to show up for you? I really just want to vent right now. When she says that, be empathetic and supportive of her feelings, whether they're logical, whether they make sense. If she wants to go on a fire-burning journey across Europe, you sure should support that. And then when she calms down, guys, be there for her. Because when she calms down, she's going to come to you for that problem solving. She's like, you know what? 
I've calmed down and you've done this really well. It might be a day, it might be a week. And you'll be like, you know that thing that we talked about last week? I don't know what to do about it because you then revert back into your logical mindset. It still ruminates for you. Then you usually come back and as your partner ask me for help with that because I didn't invalidate the feelings you had before. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about when we're logic, when we're both in our logical mindset, we'll then talk about, hey, that reaction might not have been the best reaction. We've talked through this before about some of your reactions, creating context, and you've done it with me before, creating context around, ah, you saw it from this perspective, but it was a reaction. And here's a potential context of how it could have been meant, right? Just a, not necessarily a contrarian perspective, but a different perspective. And I think that's where we can do really good. Like, hey, yeah, I know you took it this way, but maybe it was meant this way. And maybe it wasn't personal at all. I'm going off on a tangent there again. You are, but it's good info. I think it's huge. Yeah, it's definitely helpful. It always needs to be a reminder. I think also to add to that in kind of going back on when you ask your partner, hey, when I asked you to go to this event, I'm just using this as an example. When I asked you to go to this event and you showed up for me or you didn't show up for me, whatever that may look like in the situation, how did I ask? How did that make you feel? Don't have an expectation that they're going to answer with just stop there don't have an expectation of their answer exactly that is so key and important like it's so important to be mindful of that because your hope is the fact that you're opening up enough to ask them that question they're willing to now communicate with you right but you don't know what effect that had on them you don't know what tone you've set in the relationship exactly so that's such an important piece that is so, so that's so good. So hard. It's so hard because you think that by opening up and doing even something that you think is, oh my gosh, I'm getting better. Like I'm learning. Like you notice it and you're like proud of yourself. And it may be something like that seems so simple. Hey baby, like how did I like being more self-aware or having some self-reflection? Hey baby, how did I show up for you? Did I show up for you? How did I communicate? But if I've been conditioned. Based off our previous communications, your reactions, what you've talked about, if I've been conditioned, I'm not going to be honest with you in that moment. Yeah. So you can't, as the person asking and going back and trying to open that door, yes, it could be a really great unicorns and rainbows moment. And that can lead to so many amazing things, but it could also like, it could not at the same time, but you have to be open to like, don't be so closed off of like the fear of rejection because there is going to be rejection in life, especially in moments like that. And as we all don't want to face it, if you like can try to ask that question and not have an expectation attached, it you can you can work off of that regardless of the outcome in some form or fashion. I agree. I agree. I think that's huge. I had a thought because I think this is such an important piece for couples to especially couples that are in differing worlds, entrepreneur, non-entrepreneur, so different. I can look back to my first responder days when I was a cop, totally different worlds. I was a cop married to a CPA, totally different worlds. Is that a bad match or did we just not know how to communicate? Mm -hmm. Right. And there's a piece attached to this that it sucks, right? The communication, having to communicate sucks. We're not mind readers either side, men or fem- men or women, right? And it sucks to have to go through this. But I think the great point here is to recognize, are you giving up? Are you a quitter? Because if you love this person, you're going to keep trying. 
If you've been together for seven, eight, nine, ten years, and this is the worst thing happening is they're not coming to an event for you or with you, if that's the worst thing you're dealing with, that's a great building point, right? It really is. I always say this. I probably said this on everything because I truly believe it. There really is an opportunity in everything. But the, the overall point is, for me, the overall point is, because when I've heard people say this, when I've heard clients voice this frustration, they've already relegated to my partner's never going to do this. So I'm going to stop trying. That's what I hear is like, I'm just going to stop asking. Or they, ne- they don't actually say that, but they're like, yeah, it's just not their thing and they're never going to come. You've already now put that mindset on the situation. You've now closed that door by saying that, right? You don't have to say that to me. Even if it's a one-on-one, even if it's in a group setting, whatever that may be, don't close the door on your partner because you're the one giving up on them. And they may not have any idea that you've now given up on trying. But if you stop trying, if you stop asking, if you stop driving forward to try to get your partner there because you're expressing how important it is to you, then you're no better than the person that's not giving that effort, right? You've given up on the relationship. You've given up on your partner at that point. So now there's not even a chance for that partner to come. So you're doing yourself and the relationship a disservice. Continue to provide that opportunity. And if they continue to not budge and they don't meet midway, or there's no negotiation, there's no conversation, it's just like one side's really stubborn, and you're trying, you're trying, you're trying, and you're trying properly. Right? Yeah, that's, Again, that's key. That's super key. Proper communication, not accusatory, learning those techniques, right? And you're constantly trying, and they're not budging. That's a different conversation that needs to be had, right? But if you start seeing movement, like all of a sudden, they agree to a double date. Mm-hmm. After two years of not meeting people, that's progress. That's progress. That's a freaking win. Even if you said, hey, I need you here. And they're like, okay. That is a freaking win. That is a win. win. That is a win. And it should be appreciated. It should be celebrated. And it should be built upon. Yep. I agree. Where can people find us? How do they get a hold of us? What do you want them to do? I, you always know. Okay. <laughs> I'll do this. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. Taylor, follow her. Daddy Tay, all across social media. Daddy Tay Fit. Daddy Tay Fitness. You can find her. She's the only daddy out there. I'm Zach A. Knight across all platforms. Follow me. Check me out. We have this combined platform now. We're doing some awesome things. I think the big piece, we're going to have to develop a better call to action, but I think the story arc of our week focusing on these topics, come back Wednesday. Social media, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. You're on IG quite a bit. If you have something you want to hear us talk about for that Wednesday wind up, wind down, wind down Wednesday. I'm always winding up, babe. Yeah, you are. Shoot us a DM. We'll create a better process for that, for like audience feedback. We'll come up with something better. Daddy Tay Fitness underscore DTF. So shoot us a DM. Give us some feedback. I've gotten so many text messages about these episodes. Episode three. It's been so fun to hear people be like, oh my God. And I can't wait to tell you what Brian texted me. I'm so curious. Come back Wednesday. We will catch you all then. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. 
If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.